What's up, guys? Welcome back to Be Great with Nate. And today I have a very, 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 very special guest, my guy, Kimani Robinson. Now, I met Kimani when I was in college, and I just told Kimani this before we started the podcast. Literally, I'm not just saying this. Kimani is literally one of the most positive, happiest, loving people I've ever came across in my life. You know what? Now I think of it, I never really saw you mad, even on a football field. <laughs> really, bro. <laughs> really, you got to manage your emotions, man. Yeah, very important. So the reason why I brought Kimani on the podcast is because not only is he very, very just smart, he's an entrepreneur, and he has a positive mindset, which I'm really big on. And I think that these questions I'm going to bring him through today is going to help you, the listeners, get through anything you're going through, inspire you, and keep you on the track towards success. So just as a nice little introduction, as far as I know Kimani, we played football together in college. Um, but there's a couple things that I never asked Kimani that I want to ask him today, which is really, really exciting for me. But one of the things, Kimani, is that as football players, right, when you go through football, you went to college, you played Division One football. How did you kill the version of yourself that was a football player when football was over? Mm. So, first of all, Nate, um, I appreciate you, bro, for letting me on your show. You know, we collab a lot um, within my podcast, man. And and you always bring forth a breath of energy. Crazy enough, right? Um, before I answer your question, I took a nap before this. And I'm like, yo, every time before we get on here uh, or like we collab, I take a nap. Because mm -hmm. you have an energy that you kind of like wake me up, rejuvenate me, kind of get me flung for the day. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> and that's great because I'm an empath, right? I'm an empath. I take, in, I take in energy. So with your energy, bro, I'm blessed to be able to join on. Your, um, your podcast, Be Great with Nate, man. You've been doing amazing and great things. And I appreciate you and always looking forward to different ways I can support you. And, and this, as soon as you told me, bro, of course, at a drop of a dime, I'm here and I got you. Um, but you. in regards to kind of dropping that identity of just an athlete, a football player, is because um, um, I got hurt at Dell State. And then I started seeing myself um, want to be, you know, want to do more, bro. Like I I um, got exposed to student government. I got exposed to Greek life. I got exposed to different ways to make an impact, you know, way beyond your sport. Um, and I've seen, you know, being an athlete, a lot of our identities just get tied to that, right? I, I started playing football at the age of nine years old. So in basketball, you feel me? And when you're an athlete, that's all people really see you as. When I was in junior high, when I was in high school, up until college, right? Like that's all people saw me as. Um, and then, you know, I started seeing myself kind of beyond that, you know, mm -hmm. someone that had a passion for helping people, someone that had a had a voice. I always felt like I had a voice to utilize. And I was in um on a team, like it was times when I was a captain, it was times when I was more vocal, but it was times I also was playing the back. Um and I said, you know, branching out from football, this gives me an opportunity to be in the front, right? So this gives me a chance to advocate for athletes. This gives me a chance to kind of speak up on behalf of young men from Brooklyn that need someone to um, be a mentor, be someone to um, to help them understand that it's more than being an entertainer, an artist, or an athlete, right? That's the identity that's typically tied to minority people. Mm -hmm. So once I've seen that I have the capabilities to, to speak up more and, and, and do something more in my life, right? It, that's when it that's when it honestly started I still think about all the time like what if I would have played longer what if blah 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 but I realized that God had a different direction for me and that was to educate and help and support people yeah man I remember being in college with you and I came in my freshman year and we kicked it we we you know we you always looked at me 
and you'll laugh because you knew I was on what you was on. We was we was funny dudes on college, right? But right, right. I remember, man, like one year I decided to want to become mature right after my freshman year. And that was right at the same time when you was making that transition. And mm-hmm. before you know it, we was being like two kids that was funny on a football team to two serious people on campus. You know, you'll see me and I'll see you in a suit. I start to see you in a suit walking around. And, you know, you had a nice lineup all the time and you was, you wasn't, you was joking. You used your, 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 your uh, personality to will people in and pull people in for you. You know what I'm saying? Which is very powerful. But I noticed you mature, man, like overnight, you know what I'm saying? So I think the next question I have for you, what I've learned, um, because I'm studying a lot of psychology is what I learned about football players, especially football players who want to get tattoos, right? There's a deep insecurity behind the football players sometimes, people who choose that sport and people who choose to get tattooed. Um, and they try to show out something that they're truly not, right? They're trying to show that they're tough. I was just tough. talking about this. I was just, bro. <laughs> it's, so, it's so crazy because I was talking to a young lady, um, not just about athletes, but talking about male identity. And I, and I have a belief that not a lot of men have male identity that separates themselves from the group, right? So a lot of times growing up as a male, we're a part of groups. Uh, mainly because of sports, mainly because our crew in our neighborhood, mainly because of gangs, right? So with that, we always kind of subscribe to those behaviors that they think um, are, um, that we have to be, right? Those stereotypical behaviors. Mm -hmm. So like you said, I'm tatted up as well. Mm -hmm. You're tatted up, you know what I'm saying? When you're an athlete, you have coaches instilling you early, you know, don't be soft. Don't show emotion. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a different way. You got to be rugged and dirty. It's like you're preparing for war, right? They put mm-hmm. these certain th- things in your mind like you are in the military, right? It's that training aspect that they put in us, ready for combat. And a lot of guys now, again, from little or going into growing up, that's the identity that we fall to. You know, um, me being a part of my fraternity, that's the same thing I've seen. I've seen a couple guys that... They, they were, you know, GDIs, they say goddamn individuals, um, and then they become a part of a frat, and now they have their, um, their makeup is the fraternity makeup, not their own individualized uh, makeup, who is the person they've been raised to be, you know what I'm saying? So I had to look at myself and like, who am I outside of that, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because I've seen a lot of people get caught up into fronting for the group. Mm-hmm front end to be something that they're not and when that group gets take away right because football is forever um yeah thank god for my fraternity like that is going to be a bond that's forever but that's not going to be a bond that it's the college bond it's way different right me strolling or me throwing or blocking for somebody that that changes so mm-hmm. if you don't have that right who are you and when you look at like you said the psychology of things um, you look at these athletes that have a lot of these still aggressive behaviors after sport that turns into domestic violence, that turns into these other things because they was never able to detach, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've watched people that become trainers, right? And mm-hmm. in the same way that you, and it's crazy because I, I gave somebody you, as you and as an example in regards to the physical health and wellness space, um, because I've seen people that are like trainers and different things like that, that used to be athletes, and they're trying to train somebody that never was prepared to train for combat, and they're trying to push them in that way, and they end up pushing them too far. And yeah. I told somebody recently, like, you need to understand a person's why. I said, my bro, Nate, that's something that 
he does. He wanted to, I never forget, bro. We had the conversation when you was like, you want people to understand when they're working out with you, when they're training with you, um, what is the reason that they're here and what is their goal they want to accomplish? And that's what you're tied to. It's not making them feel great uh, on the outside. It's how can you work with them to make them feel great on the inside, mm -hmm. right? That's how you get that ROI. So for me, it was like, how can I invest in myself from the inside rather than caring about what other people will think, what other people will see? Um, it's about me, bro. It's about when all these things can be taken away with his Kamani standing on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a very good point that you hit on. A lot of people will go either be a coach or be, um, you know, because in, in college, you saw that a lot of our teammates keep the identity. Even those that didn't even play at all Wait, would go right. off and walk around with their jersey on and they created the trouble and got us in trouble in the weight room or get us punished. But you knew that they were so attached to that archetype. It's an archetype that we play by as men, you know, even as women, too. We all go by these archetypes. But that's a very good. Thank you for clearing that up for me, man. I'm, I'm happy that you answered that question very well. Now, when you got when you graduated Delaware State, you decided to go to grad school. Right. Okay. And what made you make that move? Um, It was a little it was a little bit of a couple of things, bro. One was, um, I think, my senior year. It was one of those times of, okay, I played football, had my frat, um, I did student government, but I still didn't know what I want to do, bro. Nothing, just because I did all of these things, right? I feel like I still didn't have the work experience to go straight into the workforce um, and was prepared for that. Um, still, I got my degree in psychology and I, I didn't want to go into the psychology field after like Again, I, I love the study of psychology. I love the understanding of the mind and the understanding of the behavioral and the, all these societal things. But I'm like, uh, do I really want to continue that as a professional field? So I had a mentor. Um, she was like, you know, what do you think about grad school? Um, apply because that will give you kind of more focus on one thing that you might be wanting to do. That one thing, right? In college, I feel like I was jack of all trades, master of none. And I, I wanted to master one thing. So again, a master degree, right? To get that, to mastery of that specific field. So um, sports administration, so social work, actually social work was my first thing I looked into because I wanted to help out kids that came from makeups like you and I, right? Mm -hmm. um, or health and sports science for the, um, to be able to, you know, become an AD one day, um, but, you know, on my own team, like these are the goals that I have. So I said, okay, let me do that, but I can still take some psychology courses throughout my program. So that, that made me, um, really want to go get my master's bro to be able to master one specific thing. Cause I feel like I was in a field my whole life where I had to do so much, bro, rather than doing so little for one thing and being great at it. Yeah, man. And would you want to tell the audience where you went to get your master's? Yes, sir. So I went to the University of Memphis um, and I graduated December 2016. Mm -hmm. And then from there now, you also work at Ohio State University, right? Yes, sir. Working yeah. in the athletic department here. <laughs> Bro, that's awesome, man. Like you went from you went to three different Division One schools just doing something, participating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. I never even thought about it like that. <laughs> yeah, man. That, yo, bro. And you're from Brooklyn, New York, man. Don't forget that. You know what I'm saying? You're from the gutter. Now, this is where I was really, really happy when one day I go on Instagram and I saw that you started the podcast. You were one of the first people to start this podcast thing. I was still on the YouTube, making YouTube videos and stuff. And one day you made a podcast and I listened to one of the episodes and I was like, yo, Imani, um, Kimani's really living through his, his personality on here. He, you know, and sometimes I think when you make videos, you, you can't really think straight because you think about how I look on the camera, how's the background. The podcast, bro, you just sit and talk. 
And I remember one day you asked me to go on the podcast and I was in the Target um, parking lot when we did that. Yeah, you in your car. Yep, you in your <laughs> I was car. in my car. And bro, you don't understand. Let me tell you one thing, bro. I was at a I was at a transition point in my life where I was getting over being the athlete of a football player um, into being this this coach that I want to be. And um, that podcast that you gave me, that interview you gave me, the questions you asked me made me believe in myself so much more, man. I remember that day like it was yesterday. It was cloudy in Jersey. I was in a parking lot. My girl was shopping. And I had butterflies before doing it, you know what I'm saying? And in my imagination, I'm like, you know, a million people are going to listen to this one day because I always saw myself mastering the human body, the mind, and um, and trying to coach others on how to do the same thing. And I felt like your podcast was like an introduction to my my new life. Um, now, where did you, I love the name Billionaire Lessons. Where'd you get that name from? What made you come up with that name for your podcast? It's crazy. Somebody gave me that name, which is crazy because... Um, um so billionaire lifestyle you know it's been my instagram name since college um and then i started doing videos like one minute videos just kind of dropping information and knowledge um and i used to just watch gary v all the time like gary v his videos um prince donnell and his videos and i was like damn i got some shit to say too like let me get on here um and and say how i feel so i my first video i think it was like being a used to be guy, right? Like how you had guys that we knew from Jersey or we knew from New York, they were the best in their city. But then after that, when it was all said and done, they were used to be guys. And I, and I realized I didn't want to be that person. Um, and I had a friend of mine, she told me, she was like, dang, you dropped a billionaire lessons. And from there, bro, it stuck, right? And then literally probably a couple months later, um, I created the podcast probably four months after that. You know, I trademarked LLC'd everything in the name. It was just like, let me roll with it. So, but it made so much sense for me. Um, and that's something that I just started like hashtagging. I started just sharing, whatever. Like it just, it flowed with my brand, right? Billionaire Lifestyle. I gave myself that Instagram name just because, you know, we, I wanted to, I want to, I want the finer things, bro. And it's not just the materialistic is I want the finer things, whether it's the large home, whether it's, whether it's the property, whether it's the business, whether it's all these things, right. And show what lavish kind of really looks like from our standpoint, it's not flexing the roadie. You know what I'm saying? It's being able to pay off my mom's bills. You know what I'm saying? It's being able, my niece, you know, she, um, she, um, she's in college right now. So say she's in a bind, I'm able to throw her X amount of dollars or like the day whenever she's about to get married, you know, I can put some bread up for her wedding, right? Like, or buy her her first car. Like these, all these things that I never had happen to me from my uncle or aunt, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I want to be that person. So in order to be that person, I have to put myself in a financial state where I can be that individual to provide, right? Uh -huh. and, and it's not just throwing away money to everybody, but it's helping them out and giving them opportunities that I didn't have. So that's where the brand, the name and everything came from. And then it's just like, um, I got knowledge is the new currency, right? Like the more knowledge you get, the more um, information you obtain is the more you're able to kind of um, get wealth, long-term wealth, right? Not just wealth that's here um, one to three years, you want that sustained wealth that's gonna outlast you. So mm. yeah, bro, that's how everything kind of was created. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's lovely. And when you ha you had a lot of good guests on your show, you had a lot of dudes that we went to school with. You had a lot of just a lot of good guests on your show. What would you say you learned the most from your guests on your show? Mm. Um, I think the most I learned is we're more alike than different. Mm. Right. Like. 
um, you know, I never forget, bro. First of all, I got a good ass memory, so I knew you since college. Bapo was good, my man. Like <laughs> I remember days when when you lived in Everest, bro, and I used to have you shake me up or like yeah. you know what I'm saying we would have conversations and talks. You feel me? And I'm like, yo, although say throughout the years, I think we had always like we had each other's number, we kind of kept in touch, but mm-hmm. this this podcast created an aspect of like, bro, we're always in touch now. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like some people have um being in touch just off of social media. They put a little emoji under somebody or blah blah blah. Like we're in touch off of collaboration. We're in touch of like your bro, which is how you doing, how's life, right? Mm-hmm. We're in touch that I can extend information and knowledge to you and you can extend information and knowledge to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, damn, when you, when you told the story and how you were um you were homeless, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you um you lived in hotels or you lived in just different things and you just had to make do and talk about your transition to New York and then talk about your transition and now in LA, right? Like all these things like, yo, damn, like we have a similar story, right? Yeah. We moved state to state. We had to we played sports and played football. We had to now identify who are we now, who are we mm. currently. Um, so listening to everybody's story, bro, I'm like, yo, we're so much more alike than I had. I, I can't wait to the day. And I pray to God and I'm seeing this is working is a space that we can all actively get together, whether it's a large panel, whether it's a su- success event, whether it's something that shows that yo, we have so much excellence around us. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we celebrate um, the celebrity. Right. The, mm-hmm. the, the influencer. We celebrate all these individuals rather than the person that's right in front of us. What success looks like to me is Nate Ortiz. You know what I'm saying? What success looks like for me is the the number of people I've had on my podcast. You know what I'm saying? Because we keep accumulating success as in you have this big fat house or you're fronting on this car and you vacationing all day. Success to me is saying you're going to do something and you do it. Yeah. That's success to me. Yeah, that is success. Simply put, even bro, if you say, yo, I'm about to go get my driver's license at 35 years old and you go out and you finally get your driver's license, you're Mm -hmm. successful. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because that's not an easy task, right? Like, and, and we typically, we downplay things like, oh, everybody has their license. No, not everybody has their license. Statistically, if you also look up the U.S. population, everybody doesn't even have a U.S. driver's license. Everybody still doesn't even have a passport. A lot of people don't have all these things. So for you to be a person to go out there and chase these things and you actually uh, obtain it and you get it after hard work and pre- preparation, bro, that's success. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Earl Nightingale, I came across one of his books. He said, uh, success is... Uh, the continuation on a worthy idea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like that's that's real right there, man. Now, while you was making the podcast, one day you popped up and you start you started to sell t-shirts, right? Um, since I knew you, I think we 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 connected good because we got a hustler mentality to us, right? We got that's the spirit. Right. Where'd you get it from? Um, where did I get the idea to create the brand? Before creating the brand, where'd you get the hustler mentality from? Oh, Is it from being from Brooklyn? Did you have one of your uncles or your dad do it and you you witnessed it? What gave you that that motive? It's crazy because I think I had a hustle as in like a grind for everything else, right? Um, I was telling somebody this the other day. So I used to grind, bro, when it comes to my schoolwork, right? Like I, I couldn't bring home less than a B average. Like, so for me... I, I was just chasing that. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
also, I also, I felt like I was a good football player, but I could have been greater if I would have really, really dug into my grind and my hustle. Because I'm a person that will wake up in the morning when I don't feel like it. I'm a person that will go, go to bed late at night. You know what I'm saying? I'm a person that's just getting and I'm grinding. But I was grinding for so many external things. I was grinding for, you know, whether it's grades or college or grinding for, you know, um, you know, just other successes. Um, and I'm like, yo, I need to actually start looking at what a grind looks like for me individually, myself. Feel mm-hmm. me? And I just started tapping into that. Like my mom was a hustler. You know what I'm saying? My mm-hmm. mom, my mom worked, bro. She raised three kids on her own. She, I never forget a story she told me. She'll come home from work, and then you know, um, in New York, well, in Jersey too, you got mm-hmm. the homes that's over the stores, like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you got you got um you got houses that's over your local bodega. bodega you got your yep. houses, yep. So like my my mom when she was raising my siblings, she lived over at a local like market. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And she'll come home, bro, feed my sister and my brother, and go downstairs and work at the local market after actually working another job. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, damn. Like our parents back in the day used to put in so much hustle and I used to like, I literally see my mom and with no complaints, still to this day, she'll do things, drop up a dime, no complaining, getting at it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm only 26, turning 27 this year, bro. I need to step up my hustle because out the, the generation before us, they really showed us what a grind looked like, bro. They really showed us. They was working three to four jobs, bro. They was out there getting it. Right. We're comfortable receiving one paycheck. We're comfortable fronting on the gram. We're comfortable just doing these things, bro. But you're not really getting it like that. You know what I'm saying? So once I had that mentality, I was like, nah, something's got to shift. I love that, bro. So so after you doing the podcast, I'm pretty sure you had that hustle mentality come in and for you to make merchandise for your company. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. And yo, man, your shirt. I I I ordered one of your shirts when they dropped, uh, I think, last month. And I rock it probably like once a week. Um, it's very good. You did a very good job with that, man. Very good job. Uh, website was nice and clean. Um, and you got to think about it too, guys, that people that listen, this guy got a full-time job on, on top of doing what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? So when you, uh, when I ordered uh, my shirt, I was able to go through the transaction of my order nice and clean. Like if I was a, a regular uh, clothing brand store, and then I received an email the day it got shipped out with, uh, um, I was able to track my order as well. And then when I got here, it was nice and wrapped. It, everything was well delivered. I'm going to be putting um, his brand, his email, um, and his website to his clothing in the description of this podcast. Um, I highly, if you, listen, guys, I don't have any merchandise out right now. If you want to support me, buy one of his shirts, buy one of his clothes. You won't regret it, number one. Number two, Appreciate it mean it, a lot for me because this man... He, you understand, he was there for me on days, like I said, he he interviewed me twice. And both times he made me feel like I was on top of the world, man. Because when you interview, like as you're talking now, you start to say things and start to reminisce on things that you, you don't even think about. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you realize how far you came in your life, you know? And it, it kind of motivates you and you get off the phone and then you see other people's feedback on it a couple of days later. And you're like, damn, wow, I didn't know it was gonna touch that person or that person. So. It really means a lot. So I will put your, your information for your clothing brand in the link of the description. And you just dropped new sweatsuits too. So they can check that out on your website. Um, Appreciate you, bro. You got it, my brother. Now, let's get into some more deep stuff with you, right? So your mindset, right? You, you're very positive. I rarely see you negative or express negativity on social media. How do you stay positive? Man. It's, it gets hard, bro. I'm not even going to say, like, yo, it's easy. Like, it was easier in college when everything kind of was set up for us. 
Um, you know what I'm saying? But when you get to the adulting and you have so much more responsibilities and I'm a person that um, I always want more, bro. Like I'm never comfortable and never content. Um, I always want more for myself. So, um, but I, I learned early on, bro, positive thoughts equals positive results. So if you think positive, if you want positive, like you got to actually kind of, it has to be within your mindset, bro. It's got to be in a way that you kind of really see the world, right? Like if I look outside, outside right now, it's a gloomy day, bro. It's rainy. My perspective could just be like, dang, I don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like going outside, blah, blah, blah. I woke up this morning, bro, like, it's, it's, I'm here to get it. Like, I, I will run in this weather. You know what I'm saying? Because think about it, bro. Remember when it was days like this, we had to practice, we had to play, we had to do whatever. So it's yeah, all man. about how you see it, bro. I remember when, when it got cold, we like, yo, this is really football weather. Like, this yeah. is what it's supposed to be. If we had the mentality, like, oh, my God, it's too cold. Every time I put my hands in the ground, bro, I, oh, my, like, feel me? You're just complaining. Nothing's going to happen, bro. It's results is not going to be heed from, compla from complaining. So I started to really just understand that nothing's going to happen when you complain. Nothing's going to happen when you have a pessimistic mindset. Um, optimism helps, bro. Um, and there's so, many, so much things that happen with words. Our words have so much power. Um, our words are a sword, and we have to be able to really, you know, get in tune with that and i do have bad days bro where i just feel like giving up and i feel like yo this is just too much um i prayed last week where i was just like feeling alone bro because i'm living in a state by myself i run my business and i do so much by myself and i have so much pressure that i feel like it's on me and i prayed and literally five minutes after my prayer somebody called me just to check it for me right mm -hmm. and i'm just like wow that's crazy you saw and just something that's simple not as simple as praying but just me and my head remembering that i'm not alone God was able to show me that you're actually not alone. And he ends up putting you in positions where you're, I'm on this podcast, like with you right now, bro. Or somebody ends up randomly calling me and somebody does like a nice gesture, right? So I'm like, yo, more happens actually when I'm positive rather than negative. Why not invest into that positivity on days mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm, I don't want to smile right now. I'm telling myself like I have so much to be grateful for, mm -hmm. right? So I just think, just switching around the way that I see the world, bro. And then now the world is going to pull back into the positivity into me. Yeah, man. Wow. And you know, one thing too, I, I just want to remind you on is that um, I, I, I always think about you, bro. Always. It's weird. I, I went to college with a lot of dudes. I played ball with a lot of dudes. I, I grew up with a lot of people. Um, if you put up something on your Instagram, you're one of the circles that come up on my Instagram that I see because I'm always on to what you're doing. One thing that you have to understand is um, I was telling my girl this the other day when I said, you know, I was texting you and we setting up this podcast. I said, yo, this dude is so loving that if he sells a shirt, he's going to sell out because people just want to show him how much he's loved. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and I like when you repost when people buy it, you know, from you or, you know, I know people that we have mutual friends and they put up that they're wearing your shirt or they're, you know, they're rocking your shirt or they bought your shirt and they repost and you repost it or they post it. I'm like, I'm not surprised. So continue to do what you do, bro, because you're one of those people right now that you're, and we're going to get to some cool stuff in this podcast. That's going to help you understand exactly where you are today. Um, but you get all that support and love, bro. Cause you put it out there. You know what I'm saying? So continue to keep that positive mind. Now, did your mom, I hear you talk about your mom a lot. Um, when your mom working multiple jobs and hustling, was she one to have a positive mind as well? For sure, bro. My mom is one of the most positive people I know, for real, bro. Because, um, <laughs> um, so I've spoke about it on my podcast before. 
Um, but my mom is a breast cancer survivor and, mm-hmm. you know, she, um, she's getting older and she's had her different health things. And I've never seen my mom really nervous. Or she might say I'm a little concerned, right? But she'll never say I'm nervous, I'm afraid, or I'm scared. And she just makes light out of everything. Uh, and that's just how she is, bro. Like she's, she's, she's from the gutter. She's from, she's from down South, moved to New York, always getting in. She has strong, strong faith. And the faith is stronger than any incident, right? And I'll never forget one time my mom, you know, she checked herself into the hospital um, because she just, you know, you know your body. So she was like, okay, let me get my body, uh, let me check on myself. I called her, bro. She's in the hospital. I'm like, what's up, mom? What you doing? She's like, oh, nothing. And I hear like one of the receptionists like asking, I'm like, mom, where you at? She's like, just at the hospital. I'm like, what are you at the hospital for? She's telling me, but she's so calm and she's so positive and she's laughing about things. And then, you know, she was like, yo, if I'm worried about myself or you're worried about me, nothing that needs to truly be getting done will get done. Right. Mm. So I'm like, so that's something that kind of, again, sticks with me, bro. Like, you know, mm. as I'm, I think, yeah, she has somewhat of that mindset because she's our mom. But I'm like, that instilled with me because when we have things that we care about, whether it's our podcast or we, um, you know, just life or your girl in your relationship, like um, we have to have that positive aspect and look at it because when you're so worried, that's when things are going to go away. But mm-hmm. when you're, when you have the, you know, things are going to get done, things are going to go well, you just keep the, telling yourself that that self-talk is so important um a lot of things happen man and she's she's definitely that person for me when times that i'm not feeling it or i'll just pick up my phone call mom dukes and just like that bro my my energy shifts so yeah she's definitely that main person for me that's awesome and i was just about to ask you that um because you know i'm a pretty positive guy myself but if i if i if my girl sees me a little down or my brothers or one of my friends they think it's like the end of the world they think it's like impossible for me to be negative or positive sometimes uh, but I have rituals that I do to keep myself positive, uh, which is go for walks, listen to certain music, uh, read a certain book or listen to podcasts. What are some rituals you'll do to get yourself out of feeling down? Um, I'll say the number one for me is getting outside, bro. I might take a walk. I might take a jog um, and just run, run it off, mm. just run it off. Um, and Ohio is a, it's a beautiful state. So just between me and the trees and maybe some cars passing, it just I'm just out there. You know, um, I might look at something and it might just make me smile, whether it's a parent pushing a kid, right? Or or just I'll, I'll see someone that might be homeless and I might give them some money and I'm just like, yo, everything that you think is that bad is, isn't really that bad, right? <laughs> when you just get out and really see. Because when you're stuck between your four walls all the time, it's so easy to get jaded. But when you, a change of environment is so important, whether it's going on a trip, whether it's going, like, I will go go back home and see some friends or just put that time in, right? Because that's something that we always tend to forget is that we actually have friends and family that really rock with us, mm-hmm. right? And if um, if you want that wholesome feeling, if you want that feeling of, like, yeah, I need to kind of reconnect, um, go around the people that help you reconnect, help you feel great. So um, the first thing is kind of going outside. The next thing is being around friends and family. Um, another thing for me, is I might listen to a sermon or gospel music and kind of mm. just get in tune. And, and now I said, yo, the older I get, the words speak more directly to me. And mm. it could be some something so simple, you know what I'm saying, as, I'm, um, as a Marvin Sapp song, um, and he's repeating the same words over and over, but those same words is doing something a little bit different to me, uplifting mm. me in a little bit different way. Um, and, and it's the same thing with a sermon, you know what I'm saying? Um, I listen to a sermon that's talking about surrender or release. And a lot of times we try to have so much control over things when God is ultimately in control. You know what I'm saying? And and just realizing that 
yo, we get so caught up on so much, bro, rather than like the answers really be right in front of us. In front of us. So those are, and so those are like the top three things. And then I'll say the next, bro, the last, which is very, very key to me, is I'm a, I'm a person that I need to be poured into, right? And I need to also pour into others. My, mm. my best relationships with people is when I can get on a phone, get on a podcast, have a conversation. And I use you, for example, Nate, and I can pour into you, bro. And you'll mm-hmm. say something to pour into me. And we both leave the conversation full. Our cups is running over together, right? So... I know sometimes people are drained, bro, and then they keep on watering those relationships or watering people that is not watering them back. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something I've been also working on managing is the relationships that I have, um, the things that's keeping me more fulfilled um, and doing that work. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's important in that kind of self-realization and awareness of that's actually what you need. Some of us, it's hard to identify what we mm-hmm. need, bro. And sometimes it's hard to verbalize this is what we need. But once I figured out communicating what I need is very important, that's what I do more, bro. I let it be known, like, this, these are the type of relationships I need in my life. And and now I get more and more people that's pouring into me or thinking of me or reaching out to me. And the thing, same thing I'm doing, vice versa. And that helps me out. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. What a great answer you just gave. Um, so as far as, like, you maintaining your positivity, um, and or when you have your down days, you say you go for a run. What are your thoughts on incorporating nutrition and working out into your lifestyle? So my thoughts is it's important, bro. Bro, the mind is the body. The body is the mind. So mm. I um I work out um five thirty a.m. pretty much two or three times a week. Um and then I do runs and I eat well. You know what I'm saying? We took I still every a lot of things I do, it, bro. I've learned from you. You know when we talked about nutrition. Um, and it was our second episode when we talked about the things that we eat and the way that it alters our mind, right? I'm like, I think you broke down like a chicken or something like that. And that, yeah. that chicken was battered, right? And, and mistreated a certain way. And then we didn't consume that chicken. That is something that's then becoming a part of us. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm more uh, cognizant of what I eat. You know, I'm more um, cognizant of what I take in. Um, you know, the, my water intake and these, all these different things. Um, so nutrition is a very important part. Um, investing in my body. So I'm on week four of this, um, just going hard, bro. I'm sore <laughs> as hell, even as we speak, because I, I got my boy, Jamie, shout outs to him. I have him. He said he wants to go into fitness. So I, I'm, I'm like one of his first clients and he's training Good. me, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so I have him training me, um, twice a week. And also now I'm trying to train my mind, bro. Because it's so easy to get caught up into the, the fitness aspect and get so caught up into still eating right. But you also, what are you doing to train your mind? Um, and and I, I know that that's the area that we need to always flex that muscle, right? We yeah, need man. to always exercise the muscle of the mind, especially when we're in areas where we're always being so creative and we're always giving. Sometimes, it's, it's, sometimes we got to take a step back and take in information and knowledge, whether it's a book you know, learning, because that's also a part of, you know, fitness and wellness as well. I want to bring you through something called the hero's journey, but I want to make it into your journey. Okay. It's everybody's journey, but I want to hear your answers to each step. Okay. Gotcha. So the hero on the hero's journey is always taken away from his common world into a supernatural world, right? So this causes separation from your loved ones. After losing battles of life, the hero always gets that victory, okay? So it may take him a long time to finally win. But when he does, he returns back home. He tells a story to his family and then gets called on it again. So for an example, like 
take any superhero like Spider-Man, for an example, he's taken away from his common world. He has to fight his biggest fears. And then when he does it, he comes home, he celebrates, and then a bad guy pops up at the end of Spider-Man for Spider-Man 2. All right. So we're going right. to take you through your hero's journey really quick. Okay. So number one, what was your call to adventure? What was the call for you to, was your wake up call? Like what separated you from your family? Um, that first move, as soon as I went to Memphis, Tennessee, mm. that, that, that first move when I, I didn't even know if I wanted to go, I didn't know nothing about Memphis. All I knew was Justin Timberlake and Elvis Presley. That was it. And football, of course, but that was really it, bro. So that was the first, first thing for me that was along this hero's journey is taking that step away from the fam. Mom, do stand woman me really leave. She was fearful. But I went out there and I said, F it, let's just get to the bag. Damn. All right, so when you did that, um, why, would, why would you say it was scary to leave home? Um, cause I was fresh out of college. I, I didn't have a lot of money at all. Um, I had to really, really humble myself that somewhere I worked in a, um, a grocery store, bro. And I literally packed shelves. Like wow. literally I never, I never, that's, that's something a lot of people don't know. But as soon as I graduated from Dell state, um, I packed shelves at food Lion, bro, four to five times a week, wow. for like almost six to eight hours a day. Just so. Um, cause I told my mom, I said, I don't want it to be, I move out to Tennessee and I'm calling you, Ma, can you pay for this? Can you do this? Can you do this? I said, let me work, bro. So I worked two months straight, um, June, July, left August and saved up enough money so that when I got out there, I landed my first apartment, nice studio and all that. And I was able to pay my first month rent, you know what I'm saying? About the money that I saved up and everything. So it was, it was cool, bro, but it, it was def definitely fearful because, it was taking me away from what I know. You know, I, I know family, I know friends, I know um, you, when you get out of college, I didn't even have a time to really celebrate. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was frustrated. Like I told my mom, I said, I'm super mad because I used to do all of these things and go hard in college. And, and I was telling my mom, like, now I got to work and now I got to do this and da, da, da. And she was like, you know, this is, this is all a part of the sacrifice you got to do. You know, um, you are making this move to Memphis. This is something that you decided. So now you got to make some sacrifices. It's not going to be a lot of times you get to hang out with friends this summer. There's not a lot of times you're going to be able to do all of these things. But are you willing? You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that's the thing. I was I was willing to sacrifice, bro. I was willing to put my pride aside. I didn't, I didn't think this job was too low for me, right? Because I always feel like we... We get so prideful. Oh, I wouldn't work this. I wouldn't do this. I said, F that, man. Like, let me, I literally went into the place. Um, my mom's knew the manager. She was like, yo, my son is looking for a job. And she's like, Monty, do you want to do it? I said, F it, let me just do it. And I went for it, bro. Um, and then went to Memphis and had some good chunk and change in my pocket. And I'd never turned back then. I was able to land so many opportunities and be blessed in so many ways once I took that leap of faith. Wow. Wow, thank you for sharing that, man. So when you when we leave our ordinary home and we land at our new place, we always receive, even when it seems scary, right? We always receive some type of supernatural aid, something that comes and gives us help at the right time. So the mentor shows up at the right time. Do you recall any mentors during this time? I got the, I got the perfect story. So um, <laughs> my first semester of grad school was definitely the toughest, bro, mentally. Um, but then on my birthday, I lost a close friend of mine, Dalia Crawford. She passed away on November 29th, 2015. This year makes five years. Um, so I was with her up until the night of my birthday. Um, 
and I flew back to Memphis. Find out the morning of that she passed away from a car accident, tragically. Oh man! And I just like every bit and part was taken out of me. To be honest with you, it was, it was rough, bro. It was rough. Um, I, I I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know anything. Like I literally gave up of hope, right? Yeah, like man. I, my belief was staggered. My understanding was staggered. All these other things, I'm just like, yo, f this. Like I don't want to do this no more. Um. And then going into my finals, because since my birthday is around finals, I, I think I took a final that Tuesday or Wednesday. And I couldn't focus. I couldn't take the exam. I literally probably answered half of the exam, maybe at that. And um, the very next day, I knew I didn't pass. Like, I, I knew. I literally went to the professor at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. that day. As soon as his office hours opened, I said, Dr. Bergman, um, you know, can I talk to you for a second? And I told them the whole situation, bro. I laid it out. Laid it out. It's like, you know, you probably could tell during the exam I was not really focused. I, you know, I left work out early. Um, this is exactly what happened this past weekend. And I told him. And he was like, you know, um, um, I definitely have empathy for you. He was like, you know, around finals when I was in grad school, I actually got diagnosed with cancer. Wow. And he said, you know, I couldn't focus. I could, it was a lot, you know, you you're you're living with a terminal illness and you don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I think he had like, it was a really bad one though. I forgot what cancer he, I don't know if it was breast cancer. I don't want to butcher it, but, um, he said he was diagnosed with cancer and he was given a, given a second chance and opportunity, you know, and his, what his professor did for him is that's the same thing he wants to do with me. So he was like, Kamani, your grades were always good up until now. You know, he was like, let me let me look at some of your grades. He's like, uh, unfortunately, you can't retake the final. Um, but he said, let me look at your um, let me look at. First of all, he he we sat down in his office and we went through all my grades. Then he factored in my final grade and seeing what grade was going to land at. And then he was like, OK, let me look at your, your papers. Let me look at your past exams. Let me look at areas where, um, you know, you probably could have deserved one point higher. You know what I'm saying? Let me re-look at your paper you just handed in and let me see what your grade will land to. So you re-looked at it. My grade landed to like a 89 or 90. I think, no, it landed at 89, rounded to a 90. And that was able to give me a B in the course awesome. um, because my final dropped my grade a lot, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In grad school, you only get like three to four assignments. So all of them are weighted so heavy. And that final exam was definitely weighted heavy. Um, so you looked out, bro, because when you get a C in grad school, it's like it's over. You know, feel me? You get put on academic probation. You get a C if you fall below a certain grade point average in grad school. Wow, so I didn't thank know God, that. yeah. Wow. So thank God for him taking a chance on me. Um, and then a, a semester later, he told me about a grad um, opportunity for a scholarship to study abroad. So I ended up going to Europe in 2016. Um, and stayed there for a month. Um, he was the lead on a trip, as well as, you know, other classmates of mine were there. It was amazing, life-changing experience. And I was able to graduate from the program a semester early because of that professor. Wow. So, so that was, that was my guardian angel, bro. That was that, that individual that, again, took a chance on me, showed love, bro. And it was, yeah, it was genuine. That's awesome, bro. It's crazy how the, the hero's journey is always like, 
So correct, man. All right, so then from going from the supernatural aid, you go into the belly of the beast. So usually in the belly of the beast, you realize what you hope for in your amazing world to be when you was going to Memphis is not the real world that you thought it was going to. It's actually uglier and more challenging than what you thought it would be. So how'd you get through it is the question. How'd I get through it, man? Whew. It was it was it was a hard fought battle. Um it was one my prayer and my faith had to really, really increase. The next thing was um how can I set myself up, bro? Like I was going hard for networking, I was going hard reaching out to people, I was going hard using um the individuals around me because I interned, so I interned in the athletic department there. And then I got offered a grad assistantship in athletics as well as another grad assistantship. So I was a grad assistant for two departments while in grad school. Um, And it was tough, it was hard, Um, but I definitely had a lot of people around me, you know, despite a lot of the trials and tribulations that was going on, they saw something in me, you know what I'm saying? They had faith in me, they wanted to take a shot on me. So I think the people, honestly, was what really helped me out when I feel like giving in when I felt like, dang, like this is this is rough. I definitely had a lot of people around me was just like, nah, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, and that definitely helped. That's awesome, bro. And when you get through the uh, the belly of the beast, um, you you just said you went through some roads of of trials and errors and stuff. Um, what do you recall outside of being a student while living in Memphis? Was your biggest like you kept on failing at something, failing, 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 and then you finally won. Um. Man, so my first semester, I mean, when I moved out there, bro, I didn't have any car. Um, mm-hmm. So I was anywhere, I would, bro, I was going to the dollar store walking. I was going to CVS walking. I was literally, cause in, in down south, it's not like the East Coast, like us, bro. Like, you know, in the East Coast, everybody walks. Like, mm-hmm. everybody walks, public transportation, things like that. Out in Tennessee, bro, nobody's walking. Everybody has their own car from 16, 17 years old. Like, yeah. they're going, they're driving in high schools, right? Like, mm-hmm. from where we're from, oh, well, maybe a little bit in Jersey, but not a lot of your close friends or whatever have cars at 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old. So, no. I was, um, I was grinding, bro. I, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a lot of things. I, um, a lot money, money was rough. You feel me? And, and it was just, yo, I couldn't give in. And I wouldn't say it was pride. The reason that I couldn't ask my mom or my pops or anything was that that, that hustle mentality that we spoke to lately, late, um, earlier about having the urge to like figure it out, having the mm. urge to understand that like everything is gonna end up coming together, but you gotta go hard and it's about positioning. So I position myself from the people, I know I'm a talker, so let me just go introduce myself to some people. Let me let people know that um this is what I'm capable of, right? Um, So I had internships that didn't work at a time. I had, you know, classes and um, I had a job that was was rough, bro. Like I wasn't getting paid the amount that I thought I deserved. Um, had certain circumstances that went on. It was it was a lot just being thrown my way. And I was like, yo, you know, um, you might bend a little, but don't break. Mm-hmm. So once I had that mentality of like, yo, everything's going to be all right, it's going to be okay. I was able to, you know, land this opportunity at Ohio State and end up leaving and um, taking another leap of faith and going to another state, but it was a better situation for me. Um, and everything was a setup. Like Memphis was when I really truly learned more about myself from an individual standpoint, right? From outside of football or outside, like how can I make an impact? That's when I really learned, bro. I was working with student athletes and I was working with students that like I was making an impact. Um, and then when I came out here to Ohio is when I created my podcast. 
right, to tell these stories, to walk, pe walk people through the transition of college, walk people through entrepreneurship and making decisions for you. Um, so all these things, bro, um, I kind of became more vulnerable with my story because of that path I took. Yeah, man, 100%. That's what the hero journey does. And then the hero journey is going to bring you through it. Um, after you get through it the first time, you go home, celebrate after graduating with your master's, and then you get called to another one. So now you're in Ohio. And then after you get through that, exactly. you're going to get called to another one. So it's a cycle. But each right. time you go through the cycle, you become a better version of yourself, right? You become stronger. Um, what point in your life lately, lately in, your, in the point of your life where you beat your biggest fear and say, yo, you know what, man, I got this. Like I got, I, I can, I can do this life thing. Um, I would say just recently, bro, to be honest with you, like, um, you know, 2019 was a hard year for me. Went through depression, went through a lot of tough things, tough moments, mm -hmm. lost, lost a lot. Um, and this year when I launched the business, um, I launched it a week after Kobe Bryant passed away. So Kobe passed away. What was that? January twenty seventh, I believe, yep. on that Sunday. On that Sunday. On Sunday. Uh, yep. And then the week after, which was going into Super Bowl um, weekend, which is February fifth, um, I launched the business. And I just said, you know, I noticed life doesn't wait for anyone, bro. When you have an idea, when you have something that you're passionate about, when you have a legacy. When I think about Kobe Bryant, I think about legacy, right? And I think about the Mamba mentality. When I think about the Mamba Academy, when I think about the LA Lakers, when I think about 824 and two, rest in peace to Gigi, like these are legacies, right? So I thought up to myself, what's the legacy that I wanna leave behind? What wow. can I do that's gonna outlive me? Um, and I was like the only, like my podcast is one staple, but now let me add a brand right in there. That's another staple. And when you're wearing um, Billionaire Academy, Nate, you, you know it's attached to Kamani, right? So a lot of people, they're wearing clothing. Like I'm rocking right now, my boys, um, EJ, Stay True to Yourself brand, Stay True to HBCU is something he just launched. And I'm rocking it with pride because I also know the person behind it, right? Mm -hmm. So when people are wearing Billionaire Academy, they know the person behind it. They know the story behind it. They know the information behind it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when I was just like, bro, like, let me, let me, let me take this leap of faith. This, this thing waiting for nobody. Let me make something happen. Um, I didn't know where it was going to go. Honestly, didn't know it was going to be a full-fledged clothing line. I wanted to just have a brand that people that want to support Kamani can support me, right? Just yes. simple as that. And yep. once it sold out in a couple of days, I said, hey, I think I got something. And people kept DMing me like, yo, are you going to get this again? Are you going to do it again? So okay, let me just do it one more time. Same aspect. People kept supporting. I'm like, oh, snap. We got something, right? So <laughs> I think... I, honestly, that that right there, bro. Despite anxiety, despite any fears, despite anything I was feeling, I just shot my shot, bro, and uh, and I scored. Wow, man. Yo, listen, it's crazy how our minds work very alike. I was in Salt Lake City for Sundance. My girl had a movie come out. That's on Netflix now. Um, and we were out there celebrating. They flew us out, and she had a scene with Kobe Bryant that next day for Saved by the Bell. For Saved by the crazy. Bell, we were at dinner. Um, eating, I was eating a steak. And what happened was Kobe was supposed to be on the show for the first week of filming early in February when I was here. Um, but then he rescheduled for around January. So I wasn't going to be here in LA when he was here filming. So we planned it to where my girl had a couple scenes with him for the show. And in the show, he was supposed to help her run for like class president. And, um, they were gonna, when you shoot on, on on scenes, they you get a lot of breaks in between. So she would have she would have been hanging out with him the whole time. 
So we had a whole game plan, like, yo, make sure you FaceTime me. Like, this is my hero right here, you know what I'm saying? Kobe Bryant, I didn't know who Tony Robbins was growing up, Les Brown. At a young Mm -hmm. age, I didn't know these guys. I knew who Kobe Bryant was. That's why Kobe Bryant was my motivational speaker. You know what I'm saying? Kobe Bryant broke hard work down very simple. You know what I'm saying? You do four workouts in a day versus a guy that does one workout, do five years times that, you're five times better than that one person, right? So I was like, damn, that really spoke to me. We were eat. I was eating the steak, and we were going over. I was going over Kobe's lines with her, and getting her ready. She, next morning, we go to the airport. She gets on a flight to LA. I'm in the in the airport waiting for my flight to New York, and um, I heard people talking about how a plane just crashed in LA. Now my mm-hmm. heart dropped because I thought my girl. I I thought I lost my girl for like five minutes, but I was going fucking crazy, right? Uh, come to find out, it wasn't a plane. And then I see on the on the news that Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter crash, right? Mm. As I was boarding the plane. I'm telling you right now, not only was it sad after hearing that, bro, but I was so scared to get on the plane because I'm like, if he can die on a helicopter, I'm gonna, I can die any day. You know what I'm saying? Because he bring, he means way more to the world than I do. You know, you know, that's, he was a hero to me. So get on the plane. I sat and I cried. And you know, one thing, I had two things that were on my mind. I had a program finally lean a fat loss program that i've been working on for two years that i still didn't drop because i was second thinking about my my work right Mm -hmm. procrastinating on it like oh it's not good enough let me edit this let me i was trying to be perfect and then the second thing is i had like three episodes of uh, uh, three episodes of a podcast i want to start with be great with nate and i had artwork done for it and i didn't tell the world and i didn't start it and then when I was on that plane, same thing, the same connection you made, bro, was the same connection I made. I said, if I would have died today, this podcast is not out. This program's not out. And that's it. You know, I can die right. today. So it got, it made me get over the fear of criticism by putting it out because of the fear of death. You understand? Right. So it was very interesting. We had that same connection, man. That's pretty cool. Let me just tell you this, man. You're 26 years old. You're about to be 27. I am 27. And listening to you today, like, made my day, bro, because you inspired the hell out of me today, man. Like, and I'm happy I pulled these things out of you, bro. I'm happy because I, I didn't know these things. You know what I'm saying? You probably splattered here and there and there, but you're so humble. And anytime you go on Instagram, you never talk about yourself. You talk about everybody else. You show love to everybody else. And um, this podcast here, man, you you motivated me. I am very proud of you. And yo, there's no doubt about it, bro, that you're going to be one of the most successful people I personally know, because you already are. But the, I can you, see you, bro, like I can see you 10 years from now. You're going to, yo, not only an amazing businessman, but you're going to be an amazing dad, bro. You're a real leader. You're a real leader. I can, when you talk, I see a father figure. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this dude's going to be not only a great leader, a great businessman, but a great father, which is very important. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate you, bro. Um, I just want to say thank you for giving me your time. We did have a hiccup. Bro, anytime. Yeah, yo, man, we, we did have a, a hiccup while recording, but you were patient. And I really, really appreciate you, man. And thank you for coming on, man. Thank you so bro, much. Um, I'm going to say one thing, my brother. Anytime you need me, I'm literally a text, a call away. You tell me, yo, Kay, I need you to come to LA for something. I will be on a plane. You got my word on that. Um, and I appreciate you from day one, bro. Like as soon, I never forget when you, the year you came into um to Dell State. You know what I'm saying with you, Jr. You know what I'm saying like that whole class, Nick. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my man Big Reek, Big Freak. You feel Keon, me? Like that whole Keon yeah, was with us. <laughs> yeah, feel me? Like yo, that was that was the little homies, and I remember I had a lot of y'all. You know, on um, y'all recruiting trips. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that's the that's the first time in being an East Coast guy when all the guys that came from Jersey. It was a lot of y'all that year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Rashawn, like uh, it was a lot of y'all mm -hmm. that year. So I'm like, yo, I I want to look after people how people have looked after me. You feel me? Like mm -hmm. when I came in, um, you know, Jay Will and Tarpley and all of them, like they they looked after me, and I wanted to extend the same thing to y'all and keep on extending that past. You feel me? Because we're here to help each other out, bro. We're here to love on each other. And as men, it's important for us to do that, bro. It's important for us to have a community of support, a community of accountability, a, a community of love. So just know, bro, you got me anytime. I'm happy to be here supporting. I'm happy to be in here and locking in. You helped and open me up here today. Feel me? And this, and this gave me the fuel to now take on a new journey, whatever that hero journey is going to be next, bro. I'm going to be able to listen to this podcast, <laughs> listen to your stories more and, and be able to get that. Uh, Let's get it. So I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, man. Guys, if you uh, please keep up with Kimani, I'm going to uh, put his Instagram, Facebook website. Remember his merchandise on his website. If you support him, you're supporting me. I don't have anything available as merchandise as today, but if you buy from him, it's like buying from me right now. And I really would appreciate that. And you're going to get top of the line customer service. And you heard him best. When you buy his clothing, you're representing more than just a logo. You're representing a brand, a meaning, a personality, and legacy. So, bro, thank you so much for coming on. But thank you guys for listening.